Tonight we turn to God's Word as it's found in 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to begin our reading at verse 14 and read through the end of this chapter. Our focus this evening just on verse 16. 1 Timothy chapter 3, beginning at verse 14. What we hear now is God's word. I hope to come to you soon, but I am writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. What a joy it is for us to gather tonight to hear and to sing uh, the wonderful songs of Christmas. Some old familiar songs, some perhaps newer and less familiar, but all uh, songs to bring praise to God. Tonight we are going to look at a song in the Bible, and I have to confess right away, uh, the title of the sermon tonight may be a little bit deceptive. Now, it's true that Paul wrote the letter of 1 Timothy. That is true. But it is also very likely that here in verse 16, Paul is actually quoting an early Christian hymn. Not one that he wrote himself, but the language is, uh, is very poetic. It certainly is a song, but perhaps not initially penned uh, by the Apostle Paul. And I have entitled the sermon Paul's Christmas Carol. I can virtually guarantee you uh, this was not written for Christmas. But it certainly is a song about Jesus Christ. It is a song about his life, who he is and what he came to do. And so many of the Christmas carols we sing have that same richness. They speak more than just about a baby being born. They speak about the whole work of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to look at this this song this evening in verse 16 of chapter 3. A song, kids, you can think of as having six verses. And so there are six points in the sermon tonight. Had to make up just for the two this morning. You can think of these six lines as six verses in this song. So we're going to look tonight at Paul's Christmas carol about Jesus Christ. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. Verse 1, he was manifested in the flesh. 
And we see here right away that emphasis, once again, that we've seen in our morning sermons on the eternality of Jesus Christ. It doesn't say that he began in the flesh. Jesus was with God in the beginning. Jesus has always been. He is from eternity. He is God. But there was a point in time, a point in time where he was revealed. He was manifested. He he came down to earth. Verse 1 is about the incarnation. Jesus taking on flesh, being manifest in the flesh. That idea of Jesus coming and being incarnate. Uh, speaks about, about his nature, God coming in the flesh. We saw him say he is Emmanuel, God with us. And certainly we heard that once again this evening, read from the book of Philippians, Jesus Christ being manifest among us. From Philippians chapter 2, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. He was born in the likeness of man because he was man. Truly man. And also truly God. He came as as no one else had ever come before or ever will come again. He came as the God-man. Holy divine and holy human. And he had to be both for our salvation. He had to be truly divine, truly God, so that in his his body he might bear the wrath of a holy God. He had to be truly man, so that he might stand in our place to take that wrath, that just judgment of God, which we deserved. He was manifested in the flesh, the Son of God, the eternal God, coming to earth, taking on flesh and blood. Verse 1 speaks of the incarnation of Jesus. Verse 2, vindicated by the Spirit. What is the reference to Jesus being vindicated by the Spirit? Well, I would suggest this evening this is a reference to Jesus' baptism. This beautiful song follows uh, something of a chronology, not an absolute temporal chronology, but certainly a theological chronology. And verse 2 speaks about the baptism of Jesus. Having come incarnate, he would be baptized. We read from Matthew 3. It says in verse 16, And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Jesus is baptized. And in that baptism where he is set apart for his work on earth, the Spirit himself comes down, looking like a dove, to testify, to witness to the words that were heard. This is my beloved Son. He is vindicated. He is validated by the Spirit 
as he comes to begin his work. He is who he said he was. He is the Son of God. He is God himself. And he will do the work that he was sent to do. Verse 2, kids, talks about his baptism. Vindicated by the Spirit. In Jesus' baptism, the Spirit himself comes down as a dove and, and testifies to the truth of who he was. Verse 3. He was seen by angels. Now certainly, uh, we might think, well, wasn't that the case throughout Jesus' life? That he was seen by angels. Certainly, there were angels at his birth. Uh, there were angels who ministered to him after he was tempted in the wilderness. What is the particular reference here of, of seen by angels? Paul, our author, uses a particular word here for Jesus being seen by angels. And all occurrences of that word with reference to Jesus are all references to seeing him post resurrection after he rose from the grave verse 3 kids seen by angels is about jesus resurrection following his suffering following his death a suffering that was done for mankind he was raised from the dead and on that first easter morning the angels were there to see it we think of that story back in Luke chapter 24. Luke 24, on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. They were angels, kids. In dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. He was seen by angels. His resurrection from the dead, witnessed by the heavenly beings. Oh, there is an intimate connection between the celebration of Christmas and the celebration of Easter. Jesus came, he was born in order that he might die and be raised up again. That was the mission God gave him to do. Verse 3 speaks about the fulfillment of his work. He came and he would go all the way to death, but death would not have the last word. He would be raised on the third day, and the angels would witness. This is exactly what he said. It's exactly what he said he would do. Verse 3, seen by angels the story of the resurrection. Verse 4, he was proclaimed among the nations. Verse 4 speaks 
about the command Jesus gave to his disciples just before he left this world. They knew the truth about who he was. And they were told to go and tell that truth. Verse 4 is about the Great Commission from Matthew chapter 28. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus gave his disciples a task to do. He had finished his work, and now he gave them the Great Commission to go and proclaim the glorious truth, who Jesus was, what he came to do. And he says, as you do that, don't forget, I am with you. I'll be with you as you go out in the power of my word and the power of my spirit. And you will tell the world the glories of what I have done, proclaimed among the nations. Verses 4 and verse 5 are intimately tied together. He was proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world. They were to act as witnesses to Jesus Christ, witnesses to the resurrection. And yet these were regular, ordinary men. We read in Acts chapter 1, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we know that following that we have the story of Pentecost. Pentecost, the outpouring of the Spirit upon the church, believed on in the world, is a reference to Pentecost because only by the work of the Spirit can we truly believe. We talked about that this morning. Faith is that gift given to us whereby we embrace Jesus Christ. That gift comes from the Spirit. The Spirit was at work. He was at work in the New Testament times. He's still at work today as we call out telling the truth of Jesus Christ. Without the Spirit, we would never know Him. We would never believe Him, never embrace Him. The Spirit sent from the Father by the Son to us that He might be believed on in the world. God continues that glorious work. He continues to call people today to believe the truth of the gospel, to believe the truth of Jesus Christ, this one who was incarnate, this one who was baptized, this one who was raised from the dead, this one who gave the great commission, this one who poured out the Spirit that we might believe and receive Him. God calls us tonight to put our faith, our hope, our trust in Him, to celebrate this one, the heart of this Christmas carol, Jesus Christ, a sinner's Savior. 
one who did everything necessary to secure our salvation. He calls you tonight. Place your faith. Place your trust. Place your hope in Him. And truly celebrate the joy of Christmas. This one, believed on in the world. And then finally, verse 6, He was taken up in glory. A reference to Jesus' ascension. Again from Acts chapter 1, And when He had said these things, as they were looking on, He was lifted up, and a cloud took Him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as He went, Behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Verse 6 is about the ascension. That Jesus, having completed his work, having given the great commission, is now once again received by his Father into heaven. What is he doing in heaven right now, children? Jesus is right now ruling and reigning over all of his creation. He is seated as King of kings, as Lord of lords. He is the ruler over his church. He cares for us. He provides for us. He sends his spirit to us. He gives us his word. Jesus is ruling and reigning, protecting and caring over each and every one of his people. He was taken up into glory, not to do nothing, but to continue his work of ministry to his people, ruling and reigning as their king. And as we just read from Acts chapter 1, he will return. He will come back again. And that really takes us full circle in this song. It began with Jesus' first advent. It began with His first coming. It began with His incarnation. And we know that He will come again. His second advent. This time to come and be that, that glorious, righteous judge of all His people. The one who will judge the living and the dead. The one who will come again to, to, to be seen in the fullness of His majesty. They didn't see that in the first advent. But no one will miss it in the second advent. When Jesus comes again, all will recognize Him. Once again from Philippians chapter 2, we read, At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Everyone will see Him. Everyone will know. And we will either with joy fall down in praise before Him, our King, our Lord, and rejoice at His coming, or we will fall down before Him in fear, in terror, because when He comes again, we will know the truth. Everyone will know He is who He said He was. He is Jesus Christ. King of kings, Lord of lords, Savior of His people, 
for all who know him and for all who embrace him. Oh, all will recognize Jesus in that second advent. Will you see him with joy, welcoming his coming, praising him for returning? Or will you see him in fear, in terror, knowing that it all was true and the time to believe is past? No, God calls you tonight. Put your faith in this ascended, reigning, and returning Jesus Christ. This, this one simple verse from Scripture, this, this Paul's Christmas carol, speaks of the fullness of Christ's work, of his incarnation, of his baptism, of his resurrection, the Great Commission, Pentecost, the Ascension, and his return. Oh, may we with joy join in the songs of praise and truly, truly welcome Jesus Christ, the Lord. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we thank you and praise you for the beauty of your word, a word that speaks to us of the glory of your Son, Jesus Christ, who he is and what he came to do. Thank you, O God, for this time of year when we think about He being manifested in the flesh, that He came and took on flesh and blood, and that, that for our sake. We know, O God, You gave Him a task to do. He completed that task perfectly. You received Him once again into heaven, and He will come again. O Lord God, if there are those here who are not prepared, whose hearts are not right with You, we pray You would do a mighty and powerful work this evening that your Holy Spirit might open to us with the eyes of faith the glories of Jesus Christ. And in this, O oh God, you would bring glory to yourself. We may all join in in singing his songs of praise. Hear our prayer, O oh God, for Jesus' sake. Amen. <laughs>